Welcome back to the Racial Draft Podcast Network, where we discuss the fifth, the penultimate episode of Winter Falcon. I am your host, Michael Terrell for the third, joined by today, Gordy from the White Delegation. Gordy, who is Mephisto this week? Uh, I think it is the power broker, and also it's clearly Jerry Seinfeld. Ah, you are incorrect. The power broker is actually Senator Philip Price, who you might know from when he used to run Evil Corporation on uh, Mr. Robot. But he's now but he's now a senator and he runs the GRC, apparently. And he took away Captain America's shield in order to set him up for uh, him to lose his soul. That very clear. It's very direct. The room turned red. I, I don't know what they have to do at the end. You know, to make it very clear that he is a Mephisto. He is, in fact, Mephisto. Um, but yeah, what did you think of this week's episode? I mean, listen, I I like I like your run here, and I think the the Mephisto, his uh, the weakness that they're going to exploit is that he's going to be vulnerable to good old American steel that's going to come in the form of John Walker's uh, homemade shield. <laughs> <laughs> DIY shield that yeah. he lear- learned how to build on YouTube. Like we literally made a joke on this show about the Iron Man cartoon and the the uh you know sort of using that I like smashing the <laughs> smashing the iron and making it and then it showed up again. Somebody at Marvel really loved that cartoon and they loved to throw that imagery in whenever possible. But uh, but nostalgic uh, nostalgic feelings for '90s cartoons aside, um, I we were talking a little before we before we dropped the uh, the pod here. It, this episode didn't grab me as much. This episode felt like everything getting hyped for stuff that's coming down the pine. I'm excited to see Sam's cap, maybe without wings. No, I think he's gonna have wings for sure. I was I I gotta I, I gotta admit. I thought they were going to end with like at least showing us the suit, you know, maybe yeah. not him wearing the suit, but that was a very uh, Pulp Fiction uh, briefcase ending. That God, I, I hate that movie. Yeah. What? Uh, oh, I, wow. Direct, I, your, direct your hate mail to Gordy. Uh, how many digits? It's uh, a bunch of stuff. The one that looks like a Russian troll. Uh, yeah, I, I hate, well, I also hate almost all Quentin Tarantino movies. So, but that's a whole nother podcast and a whole nother yes, time. Sure it is. I, uh, yeah, I also thought when, when the weird Wakandan, it's got your fingerprints on it. Uh, so you can open it box open for Sam. I thought we were going to get at least him standing there in the outfit before we got to the, uh, to the action of him flinging the shield around. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what the time for what the time frame is here too. That was sort of bugging me. Like the, how the long, Rocky montage? Yeah, like how uh, long did he practice with that shield? Was that like three days? So I'm gonna hard, say hard over a week. Yeah, I thought about that. I mean, it's probably really just two days. Yeah, it was probably right. And so now good. that bouncy shield is is good to go. I the shield dynamics are amazing in Marvel. I don't understand like vibranium is just one of those things that it's just a writer's dream like it's it a magical metal yes 
you can do what you want. Cause like John Walker was doing fine. He was kicking both Bucky and, and Falcon's ass. And then they eventually got the shield off of him. And then he's like, well, I got, I think my arm was going to get broke or something. And then about two punches took him out from there. And then that weird, like 3d move that I saw somebody reference on Twitter, the Dudley's move where he got picked up and, and, and Sam came in from left field. Uh, it, it, it was it, a race. See, to me, it looked more like a giant swing into the shield. Um, I like it. I like yeah. it. It's, uh, Which it, you know, if you, Wilson, if you old, yeah, if you if you if you substitute a steel chair, if you substitute a steel chair for the shield, that's basically you know that that will warrant a by God um, for sure. But for a sec- for a second there, when the business picked up and 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 Falcon hit him with the shield, I honestly thought they crippled him. I was like, whoa. It's like, okay, we're going to go dark, man. Because he hit him like right in the spine with the shield. It's like, well, the crazy thing is that when, when he, when, you know, I had to watch it twice. The first time I watched it, I actually thought that they somehow like ripped off a piece of his arm rather than just broke it because, you know, I wasn't exactly sure of the mechanism of them just tearing the shield away. But then I realized, yeah, they just kind of took it out of joint. And then it, that's why it took so long for it to heal. But he'll he's obviously better because he's hammering he's hammering in a brand new shield. Um, I, I sort of wish they could have they would have ripped his whole arm off. Then he could have got a bunch of like a bunch of like, I don't know, Scandinavian people, you know, a bunch of like the white version of <laughs> to make him white an arm. white conda. Yeah. And then and then they can make him an arm and then it won't work as well as the one <laughs> from Wakanda. And it'll like it'll like short out middle of fights or when it's raining, he's he can't hail a cab anymore. Oh. That, you oh, know, which which ties right in the white privilege right right I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah oh yeah then all he's got to do is be a white guy and stand out in the street and he'll get six cabs so i guess he doesn't really need an arm for that yeah. how old am i that i'm using cabs as a reference yeah we're, we're both old because i knew exactly what you meant and yet ride hailing apps are a thing now oh, um, man. but yeah i you know like i we were like, like we were talking earlier, and and I got to give you credit. I think you are right that there are two things that you are definitely right about. One is, and you said this off air that this episode was a lot more about character development than it was about plot, and yes. I think that's right on the head. Yeah, and, and 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 that's a good transition because I would say that the most emotionally resonant scene was the one with Sam and. Um, Isaiah Bradley, where they talk about the situation of being a black man in America, um, two sides of the coin when it comes to the legacy of the shield, the legacy of the super soldiers, and the legacy of Captain America. And, um, you know, I wasn't prepared for them to hit me in the chest with, with that kind of, you know, A, America won't let there be a black Captain America, and B, a self-respecting black man shouldn't want to be Captain America. Like at 6 a.m. in the morning, that was a punch in the gut that I wasn't ready for. But, um, you know, you as a white man, what were your thoughts about the scene of two black men talking about the legacy of Captain America? I mean, it was powerful. I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. It was sort of a look into a world that I don't see. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I have, you know, incl- I have inclinations. Um, is angry about uh, murdered 13 year old kids in the street in Chicago 
that as everybody else is and as fed up as it is, but I still understand that I, I, as I, I can't live it. I have, I have black nephews that I worry about talking to cops and worry about stuff. And I have an African-American black wife and I worry about, you know, her interactions with the world, but I can't feel that feeling. Oh, I, I can always, I'm only going to be an outsider for that. So this conversation sort of fed into like that, really it fed into where my cultural viewpoint of looking in at conversations that I can't quite understand mm-hmm. uh, as viscerally as as someone more co- you know closer to the situation can. I definitely, definitely, uh, you know, I looked at it as there is a great show on Netflix called Woke uh, from Keith Knight, mm-hmm. who was on a, a New Girl. And he, the, the, the show is about, he's a comic book writer. And then one day he realizes what the world is really like when, or at least Mm -hmm. what America is really like when he has a bad interaction with a cop. And that felt like Sam Wilson's woke moment. Like, I feel like Sam Wilson maybe didn't see the world as uh, racial. See, I I disagree. I'll push back a little bit. I think that Sam, you know, and and you sort of got that when he had his, you know, the sort of second emotionally resonant speech when he talked about, talked with his sister. You know, Sam is very much, I think we're probably close to the same age, Sam and I, you know, I think he's of the generation that feels, that felt like there is a way to kind of overcome some of the some of the racial barriers that things got better from generation to generation. And he went into the military, you know, he went into a a situation where it's often all about results. And it's often all about, you know, if you can, can, can do this complete, complete this mission, then it doesn't really matter what race you are. And I think that that's, I think there's a lot of the mentality of overcoming racial hardship uh, embedded into the Sam Wilson character, not, not, not denying that they're there, but feeling like he can, he can show the world that he's good enough. You know, he can show the world, uh, you know, how worthy he is. And I think that, you know, a different kind of show might have given that a harsher critique, um, but it, but, a, but a, a, a lesser show would have let him off the hook for it. So I think that the show did a good job of at least interrogating the thought process, but still ultimately deciding that in that conversation between Sam and Isaiah, Sam was in the right, you know, that like the struggles that Isaiah experienced and the bitterness that Isaiah feels are valid and are, you know, justifiable, but it doesn't mean that he should stop aspiring to push the you know, push the narrative forward and continue to advance for, you know, in part for that next generation. I think, you know, one of the scenes that didn't really hit for me until I watched it the second time was that scene later in the episode where his nephew is whole, you know, kind of touches, you know, touches the shield. You know, this is a shield that in the beginning of the episode was dripping with blood and you see in almost like OCD fashion uh, in that beginning, Sam is trying to scrub the blood off the shield. I thought that was really symbolic of, you know, what he was trying to do with the legacy of, you know, Captain America and America itself. But 
by the end, the shield is all shiny. Sam is ready to pick it up. And then there's this little kid that's inspired by the shield. And I think that I think that one of the things that the show was trying to do, or this episode rather, was trying to do was was both honor the the pain and the bitterness of the people who had been wronged while you know continuing to to steal and um steal with an e not with an a <laughs> um um you know and and inspire someone to inspire the next generation to say that it's not perfect but it's a little bit better and hopefully the next generation will be a little bit better if we continue to um learn the lessons that were try to learn the lessons and and uh, respect the history that it tried to be uh, erased and like you know what i it, it's funny because i think the story uh that bradley told about saving some of the pow's and the that they were going to bomb the camp and he came in and stole them is it, to me my first thought was that it was sort of um a direct correlation to the first what Steve did in the yeah yeah that like that like Bradley goes and saves these guys and gets essentially shit on for lack of a better mm -hmm. word for right. it and Steve gets a medal and and starts getting I believe that was almost the start that was his, his first mission yeah yeah that was like he was not Captain America like in the the Captain America that we that we hold up to high regard but for the fact that he violated orders went in and saved a bunch of POWs including Bucky I believe you know like the, yeah they they created that parallel for exactly that reason I think you know they showed two men of similar integrity and similar um purpose um you know conviction and purpose but one of them became a hero for generations and the other one not only was erased but was also incarcerated and lost everything yeah yeah and it, it like the isaiah story it would be a fun maybe fun is the wrong fun word. is the wrong word fun definitely wrong word. but like poignant <laughs> and intelligent uh anthology story for marvel to give us at some point yeah, I, see, I, I i i sorry to cut you off but like I remember before we knew that this storyline was going to be covered on the show, uh, there were a lot of people who were saying, oh yeah, Marvel doesn't have the guts to do Truth, Red, White, and Black as a series. And I said, well, in a way, I don't want it because the ending of it is so dark. The ending of it is so bleak. There's no inspiration at the end of it. There's no, okay, you know, the Black experience. This is what what it was like for the, a black man at that time, you know, who tried to be Captain America. This is the price that he that was extracted from him for 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 being a hero. Like, how do you how do you do that story in like a six part, you know, uh, whatever miniseries, and then leave us feeling hopeful? You can't, you know. So so I had always said that the only way to tell Isaiah's story is in the context of Sam learning the story en route to becoming Captain America. It's the only way that he can both li literally and figuratively clean the clean the blood off the shield. Yeah, unless they steal the uh, memory pills from Watchmen and we get an episode <laughs> like that. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, like I said, I, I fun was the wrong word, but I, I yeah. think that uh, it could definitely be done now. 
as as a like a side Disney Plus, like I said, like an anthology series of coloring in pun intended the uh the legacy of that shield and of captain america um <laughs> we were talking about the blood the, you know, it's funny it's watching that scene all i could think about was the unnamed flag smasher who, who i can't remember that got I think killed his name was nico i think his name was nico because there was a scene where um like, this is gonna make me sound racist but it's okay because you know like it, it happens here on the racial draft, but like she's there's a scene with like all the flag smashers, and there was this one dude that I was like, didn't you die in the other episode? Like, didn't you run into a hail of gunfire or whatever? Whatever, you know. But then, but Carly runs the list down of the flag smashers that they lost, and Nico was the last one. He was the one that got nearly decapitated by John Walker. Um, but yeah, you know, go ahead. I'm very worried. I, you know what, John Walker might have been doing him a favor because he clearly was not well hydrated because that blood stayed on that shield like it was paint. So, so I'm just saying because because this this yeah, episode he fought a whole fight and the blood stayed on. Yeah, you're right. You know, yeah, that blood that and that blood had to get scrubbed off like. That's metal, but again, you know, it's And vibranium. I always thought vi- right, I always thought vibranium was the opposite. I thought things didn't stick to vibranium. It should be like vibranium should be the easiest metal to clean. It should just like slip right off. And somehow John Walker was hitting people with that shield and the blood wasn't transferring to their clothes because I didn't I didn't see anything on Falcon's little Falcon outfit, uh, or Bucky's mm-hmm. Bucky's I fight in a leather jacket all the time. So that Can we I talk think- about that fight scene? Because that was definitely to me, like the action highlight of the episode. Um, what did you think of Sam's uh, fighting ability? Did did he sort of uh, acquit himself well as part of a two-on-one beatdown? You know, I, I, I thought so. I thought the, I really, see, there are things that I can't help but think about. Mm-hmm. I wonder how exactly he controls the 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 wings and the and the the, 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 jet, the jet pack, pack. Like, mm-hmm. i'm like is it a right or is it is it like is he like is it like spider-man and he's just got a little a little thing inside his palm and he's pressing it but i i, I liked it and i thought it, it i thought it did well for sam and and bucky to sort of have their inverse of uh of civil war where they're fighting, they're fighting, uh, they're not fighting someone who's technologically superior, but they're fighting someone who's holding on to the shield, you know, in sort of the way that, that they fought Iron Man. But, but then it also felt a little weird. It felt like what we were talking about in the last, what, two episodes, that the shield isn't Mjolnir. It isn't giving power. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it was, there was a lot of focus in it. Like, why would you worry about the shield? Just knock the dude out. Or here's the thing, John Walker, John Walker with that shield, he's got the skills because like, it was definitely the piece of the puzzle that made him really hard to contend with. Because he was, once he, I guess once he learned that you can decapitate somebody with a shield, that became like his go-to move. You know, like he was really way, he was really swinging that shield. Like Steve Rogers has never swing, like he he swung the shield like that once. Most of the time he's throwing it, he's, he's using it to deflect people. But John Walker was on the offensive with that shield and he was putting a hurting on people. 
And it didn't help that, you know, Bucky is like new Bucky, where, you know, he has feelings now. So he's not he's not a uh, a cold blooded killing machine. Right. You right. Know, so damn emotions. Yeah. And whereas, you know, uh, whereas John Walker was basically motivated by rage and, and privilege, you know, which, he which, which is funny because th- I thought this episode did the best at humanizing John Walker, because hmm. I really appreciated him going to uh, to uh, Black Star's parents and uh, and and talking and, and telling them and lie why. and lie and lying to them to tell yes. them the lie that they needed to, but, to move on. But exactly, it was the lie that they needed. Like they didn't need to know that their son's killer was actually the one that's still out there. Like, but I, I see, think- so so it's weird when I again, you know, like I said, I watched it twice. So when I first watched the episode, I was angry that he lied to them. Um, because it felt self-serving. Um, it felt like he needed someone to tell him that he had done the right thing. Um, and I still yeah. kind of feel that way. But the second watch through, I understood that they also needed to feel like justice was served. Right. You know? And they needed to feel like, like, I'm sure he didn't want them to feel like the job was unfinished, even though it was, you know, he doesn't need that and they don't. But he, but, but in his heart of hearts, he knows that the person that killed Lamar is still out there and he's still motivated to, to take her out. Yeah, definitely. And, and so I'm sure in that way, in that way, it's still a little bit disingenuous because while in the moment he gave them a fake version of closure, it's still going to be something that like, you know, motivates him. Good old beautiful shade of gray for Marvel, I thought. So so here's a, here's a question that I have for you. Um, and, you know, again, I'm going to lean on you as a white man um, and, and your particular insight as a white man. Do you think he told his wife the truth? About who killed John? Like about everything. Uh, I think that he told his wife the truth as he sees it. It's something that, that I have worked on as a person. Like I occasionally see the world where I'm not the bad guy Mm -hmm. (laughs) where I didn't do anything wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think he definitely told her the version where he wasn't the asshole and he maybe he admits, I mean, clearly we see that he admits that he wasn't going to let that person go. Um, he's just added in the flavor that 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 guy uh, Nico was the one that killed uh, uh, Lamar. Mm-hmm. But you know that might be the we many many a great philosopher has basically said uh, the story we tell ourselves is sometimes different than the story that it is. And I think he may be telling his wife the story that he's telling himself. Because he yeah. may not, he may not see it. I, I am still not sure that John Walker is essentially a bad dude. I, I think he's just. Well, he's not. I mean, it depends. Listen, like w- when you get into like moral questions about what it means to be like a good person versus a bad person. Like we already knew that Walker, before he became Captain America, had done some morally questionable things. 
you know, but he had done them in the service of his country, had done them in war, had done them, you know, and gotten medals for them. Um, so we knew that he wasn't of unimpeachable moral character like Steve Rogers was. The, the door had always been open for him to do something like he did. But, you know, you get that first scene where he's trying to justify to Sam and Bucky what he had done. And it's just, it, it rings hollow. Nobody in that room is going to buy his story. They watched it go down. They, they know the truth and he needed to, he needed them to believe it and they were never gonna believe it. Other people, yeah. other people will believe his story. Other people will take his word for it and, and give him the pass. But in his heart, he knows that A, he lost it. He didn't live up to the, you know, to the high moral standard. His friend is dead, not coming back. And the person responsible is still out there. You know? Sharon Carter, the power broker. <laughs> totally the person responsible. <laughs> That's a great transition because <laughs> like, you know, I have been well documented on this podcast as being anti the idea of Sharon Carter being the power broker, even though this show continues to lay out on a platter, you know, she may as well wear a t-shirt that says, I am not the power broker, wink, wink. Um, because all she's doing for the last three episodes has been brokering power. Um, and in this episode, she does the most villainous thing that anyone, the most openly villainous thing that anyone has done, which is call up noted terrorist uh, George Batrock, hire him to kill Sam Wilson. Um, well, presumably kill Sam Wilson. We'll Try see. to. Yeah. Um, no, because she said she'll pay twice the price. Um, which, so if you'll, if you'll indulge me for a moment as I'm on my agenda, what if she paid him to double cross the Flag Smashers? And then help Sam Wilson and, and Batrock's going to go for that after Sam no, Wilson? No, 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 no. I mean, he still might try to kill Sam Wilson. He still, might try to, he still might try to kill Sam Wilson, but he also double cross the Flag Smashers. Because again, for like four episodes, the, the power broker has been trying to kill or trying to capture the Flag Smashers. If she's the power broker as we, as people are theorizing, how do we explain this sudden, the sudden shift to allies with the Flag Smashers? To villainy. Um, I, it's weird. It's definitely weird. Sharon's, Sharon's entire story seems a bit cobbled together, you know, and, and it, it, maybe it's something that we're not, to, you know we're not gonna get it until the end and th what this show really is is uh what you said earlier in an earlier episode where if you didn't watch the show you see sam get the the shield at the end of endgame and then the next movie you're gonna see sam sam with the shield i think the end of this series is going to give us captain america sam and then whatever the story is going to be for sharon carter if she's mm -hmm. the power broker if she's returned to mm -hmm. American espionage as the leader of the Thunderbolt Dark Avengers or, or whatever they're going to be, whatever iteration of the comic we want to compare it to. 
Um, I think that's where we're going. And I think some of this is going to make a bit more sense, hopefully at the end, but in the middle of the story, it's her motivations seem all over the place. Yeah. I mean, if she wanted- I mean, I'm still a believer that if there's a real power broker that is not Sharon, like some other dude who's like power broker. Well, um, it gotta be a dude. I don't know, you know, sexism, misogyny, <laughs> um, patriarchy, right? Like if, if her, if her end game is to depose the power broker and take his seat, then, then you can sort of understand why, why her moves are a little bit all over the place. Because if she were the power broker, she had numerous opportunities to get what she wanted. If we assume that what she wants is power, well, she has it like already, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and, and part of it too is it, it clearly isn't just, she wants Falcon dead. Like, because that, that would have been easy. I mean, she has had multiple opportunities mm -hmm. to take care of Sam. So that's why I said the motivations maybe aren't going to make sense until we get the whole story. Uh, but there's, there's something that I think there's a goal that she is working to that we mm -hmm. don't know yet. And I don't know if it's what you're saying, that it's upending this uh, mysterious, we know he's going to be white power broker. <laughs> Or if it is something maybe a little a little less deep, I don't want to say shallower, but you know something something where it's something not as 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 Machiavellian, where she's just trying to get a hold. I think she actually just might be trying to get a hold of something that she can trade to, let's just say Ross, either one of yeah. them. Well, I was going to say what are, the chances, what are the chances that she could share a scene with Contessa and and that Contessa is her pathway to getting repatriated and you know returning to the states that if she secures item some kind of item whatever that item might be then that that could be her her end game if you will or her agenda well then we the people of the MCU should be scared that Hydra has a lot more power than we are led to believe they do. If if Contessa, uh... well, I still don't necessarily think she's Hydra. I mean, I know that like she has at one point in time been affiliated with Hydra, but she's also been affiliated with Shield. She's also been affiliated with uh, Leviathan. You know, like she like she could be any number of uh, be working with any number of shady players. For and... though. For those not as versed in comics lore, uh, this is Julie Louis Dreyfus who showed up mid oh, uh, mid show. Yeah, if you're not sure yeah. exactly, you might know her as Elaine from Seinfeld or uh, Selena Meyer from Veep. Um, right. Yes. Hopefully, we'll get a scene of her dancing, and then we'll know, like right along, like she'll dance with Zemo, and then and the, all of the the loops will close. Oh man, we're gonna. We're going to lose all the Gen Z kids when we talk all the Seinfeld jokes. Although I do think John Walker is sponge worthy because he is a good looking dude. When he takes it, when he doesn't have that mask on, I think she's into it. I don't know. Speaking of good looking dudes, I love the fact that my theory is right back on the table. My theory from week one is right back on the table because Joaquin Torres got himself a bag full of broken Falcon gear, which means 
it is perfectly on the table that he could show up in the second in the second half of the season finale in a full-on falcon uh wingsuit and make a save which was something that i thought when in the first episode i thought was was possible but thought wasn't possible through the middle part of the season but i am we're back baby we're back like he looks he looks at that bag the same way that um what's his name looked at the terrence howard war the terrence howard looked at the war machine armor he's like next time baby he is in like it's been the doors open the doors open for for joaquin torres the new falcon i love that terrence howard is like the flagship line of our podcast it's always the terrence howard in, in iron man <laughs> 2 telling us that one day he's gonna morph into don Cheadle and become a superhero but uh but yeah i the the, the funny thing about that or not maybe not even funny the john walker ripping the wings off scene was i well i feel like it was supposed to be like sort of emotional like that's the falcon being ripped mm-hmm. out of sam wilson and i thought it was just sort of stupid and cheesy like you know oh, those see cool- i so here's what's weird i didn't i didn't look at it as something that was supposed to be emotional but i definitely looked at it as something that was like john walker's not playing you know like he literally ripped the wings off of the falcon you know which a lot of people could have tried it, but he just went ahead and did it. You know, he just said, you're a man in a suit with wings and I'm strong enough to get rid of these things. And I'm about to do that. So, you know, like you've asked me a lot of questions as mm-hmm. a, as a white man on this show and sort of my white man opinion. So I can drop one on you as a, as a black person. Why? does why is sam wilson not invited to the cookout and why wasn't he given like unbreakable vibranium wings at this point why is because we needed to set up the fact that now he has vibranium unbreakable wings oh so so first courtesy of courtesy of the wakandans you know we had to show the shoddily constructed american wings (laughs) made by stark in order to set up the unbreakable because let's let's, here's the thing john is going to try that again he's going to try that move again and then all of a sudden you're gonna hear the beating of the drums of the wakandan like no 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 (laughs) shit's not working again (laughs) it's gonna be a wakandan drum fight in 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 shades of this week's wrestlemania yeah i i I like it though i like it that the wakandan wings will only come after the uh picture-perfect white man picture of american ingenuity failing rips them off i like it yes as he he comes in and comes back with his own steel shield that's gonna hopefully fall apart after he throws it once (laughs) so we're also joined by from the latinx delegation carlos 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 with the running jump into the conversation your thoughts on sam's new wings that will that we're supposed to debut in this episode, but will apparently debut at some point in the next episode. Uh, well, first of all, uh, excuse my poor phone microphone. I'm I'm remote today, so um, Sam's new wings, and I mean, and and his cap costume, right? It's not just. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, of course. It's not yeah. just the wings, yeah. right? It's the whole it's America the by way of Wakanda. Nice. Exactly, made in Wakanda. <laughs> it's gonna say on the feet. 
Uh, I think it's okay. I think thematically, it's kind of dope that his costume will have been made by mm-hmm. black people. Yes. So that's that's but you, cool. But let me cut you off really quick. You know they've got a fail safe. Like we've already <laughs> we've already established that the Wakandans won't give you some shit without a fail safe. That's all. Just keep on. <laughs> if, yeah, honestly, if I'm Sam, I'm like, wait, where did these come from? Mm. You know, and, right. let, and let me interject that they were made by black people only at the behest of the white wolf. Uh, <laughs> I love. Listen, what kind? What kind of credibility? What kind of credibility does does, does Bucky have? Where like right after they're like, don't come to Wakanda. And he's like, but 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 but, can I get a favor though? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a real weird flex. Like, no, you're right. I I'm definitely not welcome. But but then Bucky's you... like, yo, I got a black friend and everything <laughs> was okay. He really needs a suit though. He really needs a suit. But go on. Sorry, Carlos. Oh man. Oh uh, no, I just I think it's thematically uh kind of dope that Sam's um costume will be made by black people, will mm-hmm. have been made by black people. Um, so it is Captain America by way of Wakanda, the blessings mm-hmm. of Wakanda. And I like that Wakanda is the new Stark tech. Yes. Whereas everything in the old in the old MCU is like, oh, well, it's Stark tech. Oh, how do Hawkeye's arrows work? Oh, they're probably Stark tech. Now it's like, no, 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 everything is vibranium. Yes. I, you know, when, when Sam was going to get the boat fixed, I thought for sure he was calling Pepper. Be like, yo, I need some rocket shit on this boat. I need to make this thing. I need you to cover this so that I can sell it. So don't give me like the top of the end shit, but give me like glass generation shit. I thought for <laughs> sure that's who he was calling. No, Sam was like, I'm going to put the shield on eBay and we'll have all the money that we need to fix this ship. <laughs> he sends a letter. Like he, he like writes a letter to uh, Pepper Potts. Just like, look, we just need one arc reactor and we're good. This this shrimping boat's gonna shrimp forever on our one arc reactor. Oh man. And and then and then he's like, I also need the uh the solvent to get blood off of the shield because apparently <laughs> it doesn't work. Cause this cause this dude that got killed hasn't drank water in like six months. I mean, he's living on nothing but Mountain Dew, and his shit came out like paint. Also, you you just missed our discussion about the like. So, what? Where are you on the Joaquin Torres will will or won't wear a Falcon suit by the end of the season? I mean, he probably will. Once once Sam is like, you can have those wings. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Like, that's that's <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like that's that's that is Terrence Howard level. That next is Terrence time. Howard next time, baby. <laughs> In my head canon, we've never seen Joaquin, and I'm still expecting Terrence Howard to just fly in with guns <laughs> in the next oh. episode. I am or- fully expecting a Terrence Howard. I mean Terrence sorry. I am fully expecting a Joaquin Torres fly in save in the second half of this uh, next episode. And I will love it because again, in the first episode of the season, I did predict that Joaquin would have a Falcon suit by the end of the season. And we came, we went through a very circuitous path to that, but I'm feeling pretty good about that one prediction of mine. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But it won't be Wakanda tech, so. Yeah, exactly. It'll be low budget Stark tech. 
that he yeah. was able to build on his own from from broken from broken materials. Yeah, the MCU only... is just like a universe where like STEM education has been going on for way longer. <laughs> so like everyone's an engineer. Yes. Ha yeah, no, Happy Hogan's just got to sort of fly over there and then let him build the wings on the plane <laughs> and, the and it'll all it'll all just work out. I That's actually it. my my actual dream now is that is that when when Joaquin shows up with the wings that what we get is like super Americanized wings. And instead of like wing blades, they're all just guns. <laughs> I mean, if he was a, if he was a white guy, that would definitely happen, but he's, you know, he's, yeah. he's Latino. So, you know, Listen, they can't, they can't put that many guns on a Latino. It's outside of Robert Blades, Rodriguez baby. movie. <laughs> now that, that I would pay for. Razor blades and busted up Tecate bottles. <laughs> I'm not gonna put it past. I'm not gonna put it past uh, Mr. Torres to be racist and have a whole bunch of Colt 45s and then just look at Sam and be like, "It's for you, bro." <laughs> Speaking of which, I was so close. I thought I thought we were gonna get our cookout this episode. Like when Sam called everybody in the town. And was like, help out on the help out on the boat as we rebuild the boat. I'm like, are they doing it? Is everyone gonna come in and like <laughs> cook up some cook, cook, cook up some catfish? Like so You see I'm, Monica Rambeau just sort of in the background eating wings. Yeah, exactly. You know I was I, I was excited about the uh I, to me, I thought of the end of the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man, and just the town is like New York ain't gonna, New York ain't gonna take this. Oh. This little Louisiana town was just gonna come together and fix the wings. That was the other thing that I thought was gonna happen. You thought this this small Louisiana town of shrimping boat captains were also like weapons tech engineers <laughs> like you said stem techno stem education has found its way all the way down to every part of things which you know what good transition because speaking of new orleans is has the bucky sarah shipping overtaken the bucky io shipping because i'd say yes well, yeah, she hasn't She's, been seen. She seemed like she was with it. Like Sarah seemed like she was definitely picking up what uh, Bucky was putting down. I loved their chemistry because it was so reminiscent of like, of Lethal Weapon, of Bad Boys, you know, where like the partner is flirting with the female mm -hmm. relatives of the other partner. I I loved it. Like this was the this was the episode that I wanted. This was the, you know, tell me you're giving me a buddy cop series. <laughs> And don't give it to me till episode five of six. Like this is Buddy Cop, the two guys who like they love each other and they and they you know they don't get along, but like only very superficially. And that yeah, the Bucky Sarah uh, ship mm -hmm. is very very reminiscent of like especially Lethal Weapon to me. Yeah, like I would not be mad. I mean, I know Sam would be mad, but I would not be mad if in like some like one of the two or three post-credit scenes it's like you know sam goes by the house and bucky answers the door in a towel like <laughs> uh, you ordered a pizza? <laughs> bringing... like, i guess i guess we're brothers now <laughs> <laughs> 
his arm is off and it's one of those like super powered like <laughs> massagers. <laughs> no, no, I mean that's already built in. It's already built in. That's the other that's the other Wakandan code that they put in. Like Wakanda's looking at it's out. vibranium, sir. Vibranium for a reason. <laughs> I like that uh I like that the three women Bucky's been shipped with this season. It's like one Japanese woman and two black women. For a man who you know, was a, a soldier in a time where he definitely had thoughts about Japanese people and probably black people. Mm, let's not, yeah, let's not go, let's not go too deep into that. Listen. We won't. <laughs> because, like, in that scene where he was like, I felt like major Twitter vibes when he was like, when Steve told me what what, you, what his plan was, we could, couldn't possibly know what it would be like for a black man to be given Captain America shit. I was like, oh, did, did Twitter write this line of dialogue? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> when were these reshoots? <laughs> the two things that I am in on Bucky, that, that Bucky made me realize was that one, that, that Wakandan arm can fight a whole bunch of aliens with no brains that are running through walls, but it gets into one American, one determined American <laughs> white man, and it starts falling apart. So, <laughs> hell yeah, USA. It is a very hacksaw Jim Duggan moment. I was going to raise my two by four. Um, <laughs> to be fair, his arm did like come into direct contact with electricity, and apparently they don't believe in insulation. In Wakanda, I don't understand, but and he's secondly, out. we all we all understand that the only true romance for Bucky is with Steve, and that that has been that boat has has passed because their their love is a love that should be spoken <laughs> from mountaintops. I mean, they do talk about Tolkien in this, and it is very much the <laughs> Sam Frodo, you know. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're definitely they're definitely uh, uh, relaxing in the fires of Mount Doom together. <laughs> so, I uh, yeah, I, I I hate any of the Bucky shipping because I want Bucky to live his real life, and that is with Steve in the fifties, ignoring all the problems that ever happened. Listen, because I am sorry, but I am I am all about modern Bucky. You know, getting it in with uh sam with with sarah wilson and um you know being being a dad to those uh adorable adorable sons you know we don't we don't need bucky to turn into like one of the principals from every movie that was in a in a in a school in the 90s where he's gonna (laughs) set those black kids straight by good old american Those black kids are like, are you serious? I'm a mechanical engineer. (laughs) I can rebuild your arm. (laughs) You want your arm to be a coffee maker too? Because I got you. Uh, But what I want to know is who nailed the predictions this week? Because I feel we're at about that time. We might be about that time. But before, before we jump into that, thank you for the for the reminder what are your thoughts about carlos what are your thoughts about the contessa valentina allegra de fontaine and is john walker sponge worthy (laughs) (laughs) uh no he's not um but also i mean you know i'm down i I love julia louis dreyfus i don't know this character but she seems like you know a twisted version of Nick Fury setting up the Avengers. So 
You know, I mean, she's somewhere in between. She's somewhere in between Nick Fury and uh, Agent Coulson for me. Okay. You know, like she 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 has like the uh, like obviously you know I know her from the comics, so she has that kind of competence like a Nick Fury. But in terms of her her like ability to deliver uh, a one liner and to make you laugh, you know, I think that's where she brings like the the Coulson vibes. Like I'm really intrigued to see like what direction they take her um, in future projects. And, you know, I, I do think that's a get in terms of like highly decorated comedic actresses that oh, amen. If, if, if I was putting together a list of people who I was going to put in Marvel movies, like I wouldn't see it. Like it, it would have been, you know, you could have put her her name in front of me and I probably still wouldn't have predicted it. I'm sort of in my little like headcanon hoping I want to see her just sort of weave her way through the next couple shows. I don't know if we talked about that. I don't remember if we talked about this on air or off air, but there are rumors that she is in Black Widow. Yes. Right. Um, no, she's so supposed to be in Black Widow. I want to see her sort of do the the uh, Lex Luthor at the end of the uh, Joss Whedon cut where she's putting together <laughs> a team of bad guys, but is yeah. it isn't. It, the fruit the the fruit the fruition that's not a word fruition? uh the, yeah fruition? exactly the fruition of her plan doesn't come until at least maybe like the armor wars show like two mm-hmm. or three shows down the line where she's built up this little group of baddies so so here's a question if we if you were going to choose between the characters that are supposed to be in the black widow movie um who do you think she recruits Taskmaster. What about you, Carlos? Um, I think that there, okay, there's, it's possible that what they're doing is building the Thunderbolts and the Dark Avengers, possibly to fight each other. Two in a different, movie? As two different um, teams? Right, okay. right. So, I mean, like, so if they're building Dark Avengers, if she's building Dark Avengers and say Thunderbolt Ross, because now Zemo's at the raft. Mm-hmm. If Thunderbolt Ross is building the Thunderbolts and Zemo's going to be a Thunderbolt and she's building the Dark Avengers, then you want like a twisted version of the classic Avengers. And so she'll go for the the Florence Pugh character whose name I am not yet Elena Belova. Yes, yeah. to be like their Black Widow. Interesting. So I, I don't think that there's enough storytelling bandwidth to do both um i think that i can see that i i think the thunderbolts are going to be the dark avengers and you know we've talked offline about what the best path to that are like i could definitely see her being the the recruiter for Mm. for the group that becomes the dark avengers aka thunderbolts but you know she sort of serves those characters on a platter to to Ross for whatever her other people's agenda is. You, you know what I just realized? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Zemo is now on the raft. Yes. Which is basically like the Joker got sent to Arkham. Mm-hmm. Right? But Zemo is now presumably locked up with, with other people the who's who 
right? Of Marvel villains. Mm -hmm. And he went very willingly. Yes. So if Zemo, Zemo's a Baron Mm -hmm. and she's a Contessa. Mm -hmm. If they're in, if they're working in league and she's recruiting on the outside while he's about to recruit on the inside, Mm -hmm. then the Thunderbolts being Zemo's thing. And this was all, all of his, you know, his whole game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of it makes more sense than you would think at when I first thought the idea. <laughs> yeah, and it goes to my think to my thought process of like where instead of like let's let's be honest, Ross has not proven himself to be a long term thinker and strategist. Right, he's exactly the kind of person that could be outsmarted by either Zemo or the Contessa. Yes. So right. I could see them working a long con on him where Oh. Oh yeah, couldn't you see couldn't you see it where the Contessa sets up like a faux team of superheroes, supervillains and they're running havoc all over, you know, wherever the world and Zemo convinces Thunderbolt Ross to let him and these guys out of the wrath to go get mm-hmm. them. Like right. I could totally see that. But see yeah. that would then lead again to the Contessa building a Dark Avengers and Zemo building his Thunderbolts, but the Dark Avengers are basically just the the means by which Zemo gets out with his group of people. Right. Yeah, Where I mean, the Thunderbolts I wouldn't, would be fighting I wouldn't the call Dark them Avengers. right, but I wouldn't call them the Dark Avengers because, like, I think I think in that in that analysis, the Dark Avengers are the ones that uh, that that Ross thinks that he's employing. Because they're because the, they're the heroes taking out the the villains, but the, but the reason the reason that doesn't quite work is because of Walker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Walker, Walker wouldn't wouldn't play along with villains unless he thought that he was doing it in service of his country. Right. Right. What I don't understand yeah. is why don't the Wakandans have a jail? Um, they have a jail, but just not for white people. That's my headcanon. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my headcanon. They believe in rehabilitation, but not for white people. That's the you know. Unless um, you're Bucky. Well, yeah. Right. But, but you were, Bucky. Bucky was never in jail. Bucky was Bucky was right. the one that made them not feel racist. Yes, Bucky. Right. Bucky never went to jail. They 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 were like, we are specifically trying to undo his programming. But like you know, colonizers can't be uh, can't be rehabilitated. That's their that's their Wakandan logic. Like yeah. there's no benefit to putting Zemo in in Wakanda because he would just be just be bad for bad for everything. Like yeah. and I there's almost there's almost a part of me that's like we know he's gonna break out. Like yeah. we'd rather him break out of American prison than break out of Wakandan prison. We have a reputation to uphold. That's fair. Um, okay, so my, my little cameo here has to be cut short, but real quick. Okay. Um, uh, this was the episode that I really wanted to see. This is what mm-hmm. I was talking about when I said plot versus story. Like mm-hmm. this episode was almost completely story. And, yeah. and I think it's the best episode of the series. I think it's maybe the best episode I've seen on a Disney Plus Marvel show yet. I, I really, really enjoyed this, this episode. I could watch Bucky and Sam playing catch with a shield while talking about how Bucky's got to put in the work like yeah. a million times over exploding helicopters or laser hands or what have you. So 
uh, I really, really enjoyed this episode and um, predictions for next week uh, before I go is that Sharon Carter is not the power broker. She's actually a good person because Marvel's some bitches and they can't let her be. <laughs> they, can't, they can't possibly let her be that evil. They can never show an evil white woman except for Julie Louis-Dreyfus. That's it. We don't or, know she's or evil. Or Kate Blanchett, who was playing an alien. That, yeah, that's, yeah, that doesn't count. Yeah, no, that doesn't count. So what do we call this segment uh, last week, um, Gordy? The, uh, the predictions, the, the bold predictions segment? I have I have no idea. You're supposed you're supposed to be the one with the memory here. I'm well, just I'm just here to give you the perspective of you know the the uh, mediocre white man. Well, we we will jump into the bold prediction segment. Uh, all right, guys, I'm out. All right, Carlos, thanks for joining later. us. All right, all right, bold predictions. Oh, let's do it. As you you know, if this is your first uh, episode, wow, good on you. But um, picking up if this is five. <laughs> Yeah, picking up an episode five. Go back and watch and listen to the previous episodes, and uh, re, you know, enjoy our, our the, the hilarity of our predictions. But uh, yes, what we do every week is that you know we solicit on social media bold predictions, which we rate on a one to ten scale, and then if they come true, we give you the points on the one to ten scale. So, are you ready for some of the predictions that we get got yesterday before the episode came on? Let's do it. All right. So the first one, uh, sadly, I didn't give a score to. Um, luckily, we'll score right now. Luckily, it didn't come true. Walker gets handled in this episode and doesn't come back in episode six until the epilogue. I mean, maybe we won't see him in episode six until the epilogue. And he definitely got the the. He definitely w- got handled. He definitely got handled. Yeah, but he's. I- but I feel like he's coming back for sure. Oh, there's no way. That, yeah, that's an incomplete because uh, you know this. You went beyond the episode five. Look, I can give you, I can give you a light prediction, but there's no way on earth that we don't see uh, Sam's shield cut right through Walker's handmaid shield, <laughs> like shield on episode. shield violence. Yeah, he, he, that, that's good. Sam Shield's gonna go right through that piece of shit and hit and then smack Walker right in the face, and that's going to be the end of whatever confrontation that him and Walker have. Yeah, that's a probably. Yeah, you're probably right. Shield, Shield against Shield, uh, in the separation of the Shield, will will be a powerful message. All right, from our friend uh, Peter Fenzel, uh, you might know from the Overthinking podcast. We learned in a flashback about why the Wakandans really let Bucky keep the arm and that Bucky has this whole time been an informant and agent for Wakandan intelligence. So I gave that a six, but I don't think we got revealed that that was the case. Yeah, the Bucky the Bucky arm uh, detachment was not as much of a storyline as I thought it was going to be, especially watching Twitter this week and the ableism and all of that, that we touched on, like we said it was bogus, but we did not read into it as deeply as a lot of the old Twitterverse did. But uh, I thought it would be picked up a bit more this week. And I definitely don't think that that's going to happen in the next episode. No, I especially, I, I thought that it was a moment 
um, an emotional moment, but I never expected uh, it to take on a life of its own like it did on Twitter. So I am not shocked in the slightest. So his other prediction was that, uh, or at least Bucky agreed to it, but it's not been doing his job. And now it's time for him to work off his debts. That one is a little bit, uh, you know, it's, they didn't say he needed to work off his debts. They just said that he wasn't welcome in Wakanda. So I'm, I'm not going to give points on that. But I did give that a five um, on the 10 point scale for boldness. Right. And I mean, we don't even, that Bucky not being welcome to Wakanda thing is sort of BS after I'll make it wings for him. Yeah, good point. Good point. All right. Here's one. I think Walker wins setting up a confrontation in the finale between him and Sam about who wields the shield. I uh, didn't give points for that, but uh, he didn't win, so I don't have to answer that. Yeah, for real. He definitely didn't win. I thought he was a cripple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought I thought he wasn't going to walk again. So, because I knew I know how powerful that shield uh, that shield has been. So I thought, well, that's the end of his spine. Here's uh, our buddy, uh, our buddy Toast from the Super Suit Show. Oh. Mephisto, Galactus, all mutants, DC crossover, Image crossover, and Powerpuff Girls all introduced this episode. That was, you know, um, he he really put up put us all into that, and that's why I gave him a ten on the boldness scale. But of course, none of that happened. So you know, it's no funny as you. You say that, and my first thought was, it'd be cool if Savage Dragon crossed over. <laughs> it just shows, just shows our, our, our mid-90s comic book love here at the Racial Draft. Well, speaking of mid-90s comic book love, Daryl Benjamin, two words, Cap Wolf. <laughs> I, I gave that a... Like a two, because we know no, that... I... I definitely gave that a 10. Definitely gave that a 10, but uh, no points awarded this week. Maybe next week. Keep going. We don't know what Steve Rogers was doing all those years that he was making sure that, that Sharon Carter didn't get, uh, didn't get created. All right. Another, this one is a Oscar two predictions. So I'm going to let you know the scores for the, these two predictions. The first one is Bucky ain't letting, I guess, uh, John, Bucky ain't letting John keep that shield. Definitely not now. So I gave that a four, I guess, I guess score right. four. Score yeah, I four. guess that so happened. Let, yeah. Points on the board. Points on the board, four points for Oscar. Second prediction, Morgan Freeman is revealed to be the power broker. I gave that a nine and uh, no points, no points awarded. It might be next week. We don't know. I mean, I... going to have to re- restate that prediction. Hey, here's a prediction from you, Gordy. Yeah, in that same vein. The power broker is someone we've never seen or heard of. I gave that an eight, but we still don't know the answer, so that's an incomplete. Yeah. I thought that I honestly thought that the who is the power broker, I was starting to think about it, and I'm like, I don't know if Winter Falcon was written with this being like an idea that needs to be solved. 
because I feel like the idea of the the secret show and and all the mysteries mm-hmm. is still sort of stemming from WandaVision. Yeah. That I don't think who is the power broker was a great was a storyline maybe intended to be as smart as it or as uh, all encompassing as it's been. So I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. the power broker is going to show up and be some random person that we. Well, in a way, in a way, getting the Contessa kind of like cut the legs out from under the power broker storyline because you she don't know that she like, isn't the power broker fair but she seems like a lot more power brokery in terms of like making moves than this nameless power broker character yeah maybe the power broker is just sort of a hat that's worn by a group of a cabal of evil folks i would kind of love that uh the next prediction the next prediction is from nina perez from the um from podcast fandom shout out to nina she's probably not listening but shout out to her anyway uh just for tonight's episode, John Walker is commended for his actions. She went on further. She said, uh, you know, I'm like, there's no way to spin that, but America is America, so it can go either way. <laughs> Listen, like, when, when, when Sam comes out, I'm sure we're going to see the American reaction of the hashtag not my Captain America folks, uh, especially with John Walker and his handmade American made steel shield. That is a good point. I mean, I gave that a five, though, because I did think it was 50-50 proposition of him uh, getting off completely scot-free because uh, look around, look around. Amen. Um, Captain America, um, he's definitely got some hashtag support. People on Fox News are probably uh, on his side. Tucker Carlson is screaming in the MCU about how the liberal media won't show you the real truth about Captain America and showing like John Walker giving a kid a piece of candy or something ad nauseum. Good point. Good point. All right. Our boy Stooks. Stooks gave a multi-level prediction, which multi-level predictions don't tend to work out on this, uh, on this platform, but let's see what happens. I'd say I'd say Bucky and Sam realize that the U.S. government is working with the power broker and go rogue. Actually, he said go rouge, but you know, go rogue and become fugitives once again. I have a weird weird feeling they will find Madripoor home and it will lead up to something or some future movie. I only gave that a seven, even though it was many layers. I mean, I like. Go ahead. I like I like where your head's at. That that them going and. Going on a little makeup binge at Ulta is not something that you see out of the realm of possibility. I'm, I'm in for that. I like it. I like it, Mike. It's yeah. very, very progressive leaning for you. Good I job. mean, I think that I think that Bucky could definitely go rouge. Um, you know, he could he yeah, can make definitely. that he can make needs that work. To grow his goddamn hair back. Yeah, long he hair. He needs Bucky. to grow the hair long. Short hair Bucky is not what Steve wants. <laughs> Oh, Steve. Yeah, yeah. It took you a second there to realize that Steve Steve wouldn't be into this guy. <laughs> what about beard? What about beard? Beard or no beard? I I can take or leave it. It's the hair. Okay. It's the short haired Bucky just doesn't look like a superhero anymore. He looks but like if he's he not getting like a, a failed. Program. But if he's not getting Wakandan shampoos, is his hair that luxurious? <laughs> listen, I listen. There's a lot of there's a lot to say there about the differences between our hairs that I'm just gonna let let <laughs> let go. Uh, what else right. did what else did TJ say? 
All right. So here's uh, Brandon David Wilson, a.k.a. Genius Bastard on Twitter. Great follow. Police union cap goes down. Sam claims the shield. I feel like Sharon Carter is the power broker, but I'm not positive yet. Either way, John Walker is not the big bad. That's a lot of that's a lot of I mean, uh, W's in in this uh, in this one. Uh, I didn't give any points, but uh, I'm leaning towards leaning towards all the points, right? Yeah, like seven, eight. Like he did he write part of the episode? I mean, <laughs> that's that. I mean, we just need to know. A- definitively about about Sharon Carter being the power broker that's the only thing that keeps him from getting the full you know the full score but didn't he say but even it, then he it, said I, he's not he positive yet sure? yeah so yeah the hedge yeah, I mean, the hedge you know what I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give him an, a seven and I'm getting all seven of the points yeah the multi-level he's in the lead he is definitely in the lead seven points, points on the board points on the board for genius bastard all right, Tennyson instead. Shout out to Tennyson. He uh, gave two predictions as well. He gave an easy mode and a hard mode. Easy mode. This is the episode where Sam's sister gets taken hostage. It'll happen at the end or in a post-credit scene. That was easy mode. I gave that five. Um, it did not come true, so he got no points. Um, hard mode. Zemo gets his claws into Trump cap promising that a renewed Hydra can end America's weak response to terrorism and superpowered threats. I gave that a 10 and again, no points awarded. So, uh, I know that's a whammy. Here's a Carlos. Carlos gave a prediction as well. Sharon has been playing both sides, working for the power broker while aiding the flag smashers. Very close, very close, very close. I gave that a six. I don't know how I, I mean, I want to, I kind of want to give that all the points. Is that, I mean, Mm. he's aiding, she, he, she did aid the flag smashers in this episode, but we don't know what, what about playing playing both sides? She's not really playing Sam's side anymore. Sam's forgotten about her and is not trying to get that anything done for her. He's like, eh. Well, no, but I, I assumed he meant I assumed he meant the power broker side. Um uh, I thought I thought, okay. Uh, let's let's give him half points. Three points yeah, on the board. For three Carlos. points on the board for Carlos. Oh, another prediction for Carlos. Uh this one won't get any points. Uh John Walker leaves the story in this episode. Um, I gave that an eight. And that did not happen. He is building a shield. There are a lot of people that thought John Walker was just out of our lives. Mm-mm. That is not true. He's got. He's got to be. He's got to become the U.S. agent. This is another prediction. I didn't give points on this. I missed a lot of predictions. I think because people try to slide them in really late in the in the night. Um, uh, Dikembe no gumbo. Uh, J Dub nine eighty one. Uh, said Carly offs Captain Mag America. Um, I would I would have given that a, a probably an eight or nine um, because it was not going to happen and it didn't happen. Um, the, the world wants to get rid of John Walker. That means he's doing a fantastic job. Exactly. That is some quality heel work right there, yep. as they say. Yep. Uh, another prediction from Nina. Shout out to Nina. The power broker is Wolverine. I gave that a 10 because it's warranted a 10 or an X, if you will. There you go. Um, um, but no points awarded. 
we still got another week. We didn't find <laughs> out who the power broker is, and his name might be Patch. <laughs> All right, another prediction from Daniela Roselle. The psychiatrist is married to the power broker. <laughs> I like it. I so, like it. Callbacks. So I gave that a seven, but uh, we we still don't have an answer for that. That's an incomplete. Another incomplete. Uh, Daniela Daniela also had another prediction. Justin Hammer is the power broker. I also gave I like that a seven it. because I, like I feel it. like like she could have got like fourteen if if both Justin Hammer was uh, smashing down the psychiatrist while also being the power broker. But uh, again, an incomplete. Um, hopefully, Daniela brings the same predictions next week. Somebody, I, I love me a dancing Justin Hammer, honestly. You know, I wouldn't mind a Justin Hammer coming back. Any any of the pre, I love when characters that were in the in other movies and have been put on the shelf for a few movies or years or however you want to phrase it come back. You know, I love seeing Thunderbolt Thunderbolt Ross after mm-hmm. all that time. It, it makes it feel like a more cohesive universe. I agree, especially when they progress and they move into different roles. You know. Yeah. So here's here's points on the board, guys. Bill Bushman on Twitter said, this is the episode where MAGA cap loses the shield. Now I gave that three because I had a feeling that was going to happen. It wasn't a lot of people were predicting it. So three points, three points on the prediction and three points awarded points on the board. I like it points on the board. Sometimes you just got to hit a couple singles. Exactly. Here's another prediction from Chris from Chris C2780 zero or chris 27 on twitter logan after my own heart logan is the power broker and it will spin off into his d plus anthology series a lot of love for logan but that's 10 points or x points for uh weapon x uh but no points awarded this week i'm gonna i'm gonna just tell everybody we're not getting logan (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just, just, just want to make sure that if one thing is clear from any of these episodes, I want the entire Twitterverse to understand we're not getting Logan. We're not even getting a mention of Logan. No, God, no. We're not even getting anything that looks like a knife, let alone yes. a claw. Let alone four knives. Right. <laughs> All right. So Mar- Mighty Arg, Power Brokers revealed tonight to be nick fury uh, i gave that a seven very close though because it was you know there was a contessa thing i, I probably would have given points to contessa that's but, a clever uh, thought though that is definitely a clever thought that has not really something that i've thought of or seen brought up anywhere else i like it i like i like yeah. the deep thinking mm-hmm. all right exclusive collectibles a man after my own heart with this prediction Curtis Jackson, 50 cent as the power broker. I mean, we've been there. We've been I there. But I had to, you know, this is the, you know, bias. So I gave him a 10, even though it was definitely not going to happen. A party like it's our birthday. If it does. Go shorty. All right. <laughs> and the final prediction. Mo- another multi-level prediction. Oh, no, sorry. There are two predictions. So uh, the first the first prediction is multi-level. This is a, 
I'm just going to let you know in advance that I hit him with the, they had us in the first half gif, um, because you're, you'll find out why. Walter Walker gets called before a committee in DC. Okay. And okay. they rule the murder was justified. He goes even further off the deep end and Sam and Buck have to stop him. Power broker shows up and it's Electra. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> from <laughs> from, the, from the Netflix series of Electra? <laughs> it was he was so he was he was on so many right tracks. Yeah. Like, even the murder justified thing, it's like, you know, I mean he didn't get prosecuted for it. Like I might have, you know, we might have given him a little bit of a, a pass for it. You know, he said he goes off the deep end, Sam and Buck have to stop him. But then he went ahead and said the power broker is Electra. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like it. I'm hoping it, oh. I'm also hoping it's Jeff Jennifer Gardner Electra. <laughs> so I, I gave I gave him an eight for the prediction because of how wildly uh wildly ridiculous the electro part of it was how yeah how how it ended mm -hmm. on a high note i now i just want jennifer gardner to show up and nothing but evanescence to play in the background <laughs> the whole time Fuck it. wake me up inside yeah. wake me up <laughs> listen amy lee has a beautiful voice and i i'm sad that it's wasted on evanescence but uh but yeah, I, I like it. I like I like where the heads are at here. Now we need we just need and to all give up on Logan. So the final prediction, which, uh -oh. <laughs> and I think it's perfectly apropos given what you just said. The final prediction, the power broker is drum roll, Emma Frost. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So I so I gave that a. I gave that a 10 to the 10th power. Um, Which Emma Frost? Emma Frost, January Jones. Emma Frost, character who's act, the actress I don't know from Wolverine Origins. <laughs> we, I mean, are we talking about like a young, I guess she wouldn't be a young teenager anymore. But uh, yeah, I want to know which which Emma Frost. Um, that is all, all valid questions, but was were not answered in the prediction but uh you it know next week points for boldness for points for boldness for bringing the mutants into the fold through the power broker but uh i had to give that had to give that a 10 to the 10th power for how ridiculous that was going to be but uh listen you guys continue to make me laugh you continue to make me think with your with your bold predictions keep them coming next week is the season finale which means it's all it's all here it's all here this is the opportunity to really make it count. If you have if you have predicted on on Mike's Twitter and and earlier made a prediction of say let's just name a mutant that's going to be the power broker. <laughs> Re this is the week come back with your predictions cuz we're going to yes. find out who the power broker is I hope in this episode. So get those points, man. Bring your predictions back. I want to hear all of the mutants. I want somebody to tell me the power broker is going to be, you know, Herman Glob. <laughs> but uh, I guess this week's winner was, uh, was uh, uh, a forgetting his name already. Seven but points. I know seven points. Yeah. 
Well, listen, he's a winner in his heart. That's all he knows. That's all he needs. <laughs> yeah, seven points for Brandon, for Genius Bastard. He, he so many wins, so many wins in this one. But uh, you too can give us a bold prediction that'll come true. I mean, nobody predicted. Well, someone predicted two years ago that uh, Contessa was going to appear. And uh, and then we went ahead and did it. So all the points for that guy. But um, yep, somebody give me somebody give me some Kramer as the uh, as the power broker ideas. There's a <laughs> Jerry, lot Jerry Seinfeld as a power broker. But, I you um, know I like it. I like well, it. That's the deal with superpowers. <laughs> the power broker comes in and welcomes the entire MCU to Festivus. <laughs> Okay, All right. I think we've aged ourselves and our Seinfeld yes. knowledge quite enough. So, so what would you like to see in the season from the season finale, Gordy? I am a little bit excited. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little bit excited about John Walker. I'm excited that this might be a deeper character than just you know a misguided evil white guy. Like, I think there's, I, I, I enjoyed the look in Tim this week, and I mm -hmm. think we might get some depth and a future redemption story. So I'd like to see the seeds of that planted as we get, you know, mutants and Festivus and whatnot. Hmm. But what, do you, what but specifically from this episode, what would you like to see from him? Because he's definitely uh, catching a fade. I mean, he's, oh yeah, he's, he's definitely catching the, the, I don't know which wrestling move they're going to uh, to mimic this this next week. I'd like to I'd like to maybe see a doomsday device. You know, get him up on, you know, up on Bucky's shoulders, and then and, and then, then Cat Falcon can fly by with the shield. Oh, that would be so awesome, dude! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, give me give me something like that. Uh, but but I'm like I said, I'm I'm really hoping to see the kernels of a of of, of a more of a deeper story and 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 less than less of the surface layer trump villain that we've gotten so far yeah. and i'm also i'm also want i want all of that for sharon i want sharon to i want the motivations for mm -hmm. what we've seen from sharon carter to to make sense in yes. retrospect and relatedly i would like the motivations of carrie morgenthau to make sense um whether it's because she successfully takes down the grc and proves that they're a corrupt organization or whether she, you know, successfully pivots into a more workable uh, worldview. Um, I think that there are definitely going to be multiple Flag Smasher deaths, um, up to and including Morgenthau. And all those randoms that she that she tweeted at and then whistled to alert at the when when Batrock showed up in a. Yeah, I what How does that work? How do you join uh, up with the Flag Smashers in like a uh, random, random uh, park in New York? Well, yeah, and then and then just know that that faint whistle, you're like, oh shit! Well, time to smash. Gotta well, they got the they got the alert in the app too, right? Yeah, so they yeah, both. The app like, oh, and the whistle. Time to time to tie my kids to this bench and go smash some <laughs> shit. I don't know. I, yeah, that that look, whatever. I'm 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 willing to to suspend my disbelief for that for a little bit, but that also felt weird. But I I'm ready I'm ready for the big action scene that we're going to get with lots of Marvel style deaths where people 
we're completely murked, but we just don't focus on them. Much like, Iron, much like Iron Man just just destroying people. Yeah, I did not expect the climax of this series to uh, be in my home city of New York, um, where there are a multitude of heroes who could, uh, you know, chip in, but probably won't. You know, I mean, it's not like Doctor Strange can teleport anywhere on Earth and just show up. I mean, it, whatever. Or yeah, all. yeah. It's not like Peter Parker just like randomly swinging through the city. He's and, uh, in he's in Europe at this time. Duh. No, he's two two months away from Europe. He's just uh, at this point he's got the super powered uh, Stark suit. You know, clearly though those clearly that time that Falcon was working with the Shield was exactly two months, so that Peter will be <laughs> on a plane. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. His uh his CrossFit, his uh Falcon CrossFit. Yeah, I of the eagle or whatever you want to call it through the Rocky montage. Yeah, it took him right up into the point. Conveniently, Peter, right after the Flag Smashers left Europe, um, Peter goes to Europe for his uh, European vacation that never got canceled because of all the terrorist attacks. Nope, nope. It's all it's all coming up Millhouse for the Flag Smashers. <laughs> but um, yeah, but I yes, I am looking forward to. Um, hopefully we'll get more Contessa. Um, hopefully we'll get motivation for uh, either Sharon and well, Sharon and or the power broker. Um, hopefully it'll be the end of the GRC or the GRC will be uh, exposed as the corrupt organization that it is. You know, what? let's let's be honest. We're, let's hope that this wraps up nicely and we feel satisfied at the end of it and doesn't isn't as polarizing as the wandavision finale yeah but i've already said that all i need like you know all this other stuff is cool but if we get sam in the cap suit and you know a cookout at the end cookout at the end like i can't i can't lie i'm just gonna be i'm gonna be smiling from ear to ear ear to ear at the idea of uh, a superhero a black superhero cookout Sam's so, gotta do it. Sam's gotta do his own because he's clearly not invited to those Wakandan holidays. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, of course. He's gotta set up the uh, the the North American version. Fair enough, but yes, uh, red, white, and blue, um, Captain America, Sam. I I do predict that we're going to get uh, Joaquin in his own Falcon suit, which would be cool. Maybe we'll get some tag team flying shit. There we go. Maybe it's Joaquin that comes through with the decapitation move on the device. <laughs> that I mean, would be. I, I could definitely see it, and I love that where I'm at, the heater just kicked on, and it got real loud where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I like I said, I, I'm not, I'm not dying for anything. I just want. I want motivations to make sense. I want a, a nice wrap up to the story, and it's okay. I don't need every question answered. I don't need every every lost uh, thing fixed. It's okay if we if we don't know why the why the Contessa gave uh, John Walker a blank card. You know, we don't. I don't need all of that. I just want the right. motivations for the characters to have been made a bit more clear, and and yeah. retroactively, some of this make a bit more sense. Yeah. I mean, what I would say is that this episode did a lot to um, advance the themes of the of the series so that 
we can just get full out action in this in the sixth episode you know like we you know we were it was just two episodes ago that we were saying that sam was kind of like a sidekick on on the show and now like he's totally like i, I can totally buy him as a new captain america just in two episodes they did they did enough to to put him in a position to put on the on the cap suit and it be be earned so that's a win and that's that's probably the main objective of this series so unless they completely fuck it up in in this episode in season in episode six like that will be win number one um obviously we'd like to see some other things go down but that part will probably work out like here here's a good question do you think that batrock is going to make it out of the season alive given that he wants to kill sam I think so, because I think he's sort of the new uh, crossbones as that sort of like low level can pop up and be a bad guy basically anywhere mm. character and can get used for some storyline. You know, he, you need you need villains that can get dispatched of in the first 10 minutes of a movie as Batrock was the first time he showed up. Mm. So I, I don't know if he's going to die, but I think he might get caught. Oh yeah, I think he's definitely getting caught. I mean, in a way, like if if Crossbones is something like Sam, some something like uh, Steve's uh, recurrent enemy, maybe Batrock ends up being Sam's recurrent enemy. I mean, you know, I all he has to do is say something like quasi racist with a French accent, and like we're and we're in on it, you know. I'm always happy to see GSP, and I think that. It's been fun that it's Batrock the Leaper is given is now a, a French terrorist, which mm-hmm. is all kinds of ridiculousness. And yeah, I, I've I'm I'm with it, but I don't I don't think we're seeing I don't think we're seeing I don't know if we're gonna see anybody get killed except for Carly. So you think Carly's gonna get killed? Yeah, see, I think I think a ton of flag smashers are gonna get killed, and that's gonna lead to Carly. Name name three of them. Um, I think there's one, I think one is named Dee Dee. Uh, I know that the Desmond, uh, shame, uh, his character is named, oh, I just looked him up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the time Dov- his time. name is like Dovich. I think his name is Dovich. Oh, okay. Dozy. Dovich, Dovich. I think his name is Dovich. Um, and then of course, Carly. So that those are my three. Oh yeah. <laughs> sure yeah that's my point i think the only real named character that might die is carly i don't think anyone else is going to be biting it anytime soon the real question is are we done with zemo for this show or will he be maybe in the stinger so i want to say yes because he is definitely the most recognizable character for a Thunderbolts, whatever they decide the Thunderbolts are going to be, he's going to be the anchor of that. And the perfect setup for, yes, there's more to come with the Thunderbolts, is to show Zemo either getting broken out or escaping or um, in contact with someone to suggest that there's a bigger plan afoot. I could see Zemo conferring with Thunderbolt Ross on the raft 
and and that's our stinger of the episode is just them discussing the world and maybe Zemo doing his little dance move that <laughs> that we will have forever that he will he will will 100% reproduce for whatever the Thunderbolts Dark Avengers continuation of Zemo's story is we are not oh, done and dance no but you see what i could imagine is that carly uh batrock and zemo are all in the raft together and zemo is basically like i got a plan to get us all out and you know and then they show like other other potential thunderbolts type people in the, the raft with them yeah in the raft with them and it's like ah ah oh i like it i like it i liked i hope i hope we get the noise i hope we we definitely and then um, we see contessa and zemo dancing together nice yeah it, it all ends with dancing that's that's the important part of all of these shows right yeah i, I mean I feel like the Contessa reveal would have worked a lot better if there was a song associated with uh, Contessa all along. Um, but, you know, maybe we'll get that uh, in the next episode. That's where the Jennifer Gardner and Evanescence fits in. <laughs> That's the song and the reveal. <laughs> we They bring back that, uh, bring me back to life. <laughs> that one, that song, that song gets, gets a whole new play. Nice. But I'm still keeping my fingers crossed for Sharon as not the current power broker, but the new power broker. But you know, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. It's she's she's uh brokering a lot of power already. Yeah, I think you're pissing yeah. up the wrong rope. I don't. I forget <laughs> what that phrase is, but yeah, I, it's something that you're doing with your pee is wrong because it's not going that way. Sharon, All Sharon's right. gonna be evil. One more prediction, and this is. I am willing to stake almost everything on this prediction. Uh oh. Um, is his name Nakamura? Was that the guy's name? The uh, Japanese guy from Shinsuke from Brooklyn. Nakamura? I, I I apologize to all the Japanese listeners for just pulling a Japanese name out of my ass. But the guy, the guy he that uh, Bucky was eating sushi with in the first. Oh. Like, oh, I, was like, I was like Shinsuke Nakamura the wrestler uh um I I'm not gonna pretend yes. like I remember that character's name Bucky is definitely going to make amends to that man in particular and reveal to him what happened to his son so that he can have closure that is 100 percent going to happen yeah, I had forgot. I had forgotten about that that loose thread there when when Sam told him about about making it right for these people. I totally forgot about that. You're yes. you're you're getting you're getting points. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna assign you two points for that <laughs> for that prediction just so you get points on the board next week because that is that is definitely gonna happen. Yes, um, that may be the final scene of the of of the of the uh, season. But it'll definitely be the final Bucky scene of the series, season, like him him delivering closure to uh, to that to that older man, so he can realize what happened to his son. We're just gonna call him Shinsuke Nakamura now. <laughs> well, I think um, I think I think on that note, much like Shinsuke Nakamura's main event career, I think we're just about done this week. 
Yeah, we are. But before we go, remember, we have to end on the racist moment of the week. What is your racist moment of the week? Of the week? Uh, I think that we're going to have to go back to the racist Wakandans needing a white man to tell them to help out their brother here in America. Just going to say it. <laughs> Sam, Sam is on the outs and it is prominent. Well, I am going to end on midnight basketball in Baltimore when Sam is going to talk to Isaiah Washington. And Eli is like, I mean, I'm hooping right now. So you go talk to my uh, my, my 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 granddad and I'll be continuing to play ball. That that is the racist. Every moment. time, every time I see an improbable basketball scene, I always <laughs> think of the movie Above the Rim, where they're playing <laughs> basketball at the edge of a room <laughs> for no reason. And any layup means instant death. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh shit, oh shit. Is that on a roof? Are they on a roof? Because I because I'm always scared about that. Yes. Oh, and if and for the for our younger for our younger viewers, please watch the classic Tupac movie Above the Rim, and we will discuss more of it next week. And uh, just to bring it full circle, I think Anthony Mackie played Tupac in a movie. Oh yeah, that is right. Anthony Mackie shows up. I'm telling you, we're still not. My initial prediction of of all this ending with a rap battle is not a hundred percent gone. We may You're right. World. Yeah. Um, this version of Sam Wilson probably doesn't have bars, though. Um, but we'll see. Neither Fingers did crossed. Clarence. <laughs> but uh, listeners, uh, come on back with us next week as we will. Uh, deliver our commentary and our hilarity about the uh, season finale, if not series finale, of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Fuck what we said. Give us all your Logan predictions at yes. MTF uh, Three Eyes. <laughs> F- MTF III or Racial Draft Pod on Twitter, and also join us for for the for the mothership, the Racial Draft Podcast, where we continue to racially draft and follow us on social media because there are picks due to come for the rest of the week. And, um, you know, I'm not going to deliver the Racial Draft uh, catchphrase because you'll have to listen to that podcast to get that. But until next time, uh, enjoy the winter, enjoy the Falcon, join us next week. Enjoy.